the mystical land of unicorns and dragons, where all the goody peepees do dwell, there is a singular thing they are allowed to listen to, and that alone, and that is the podcast known as... Trapped Under Plastic, the podcast that makes fun of old ladies for liking little toys while having an entire podcast devoted to little toys. Yikes. We're talking tchotchkes here. We're tchotchkes. There's a whole lot of tchotchkes lore talk following up last episode. Yiddish. Yep. Is that Yiddish. what you said? Did you say something like Yiddish? No, I don't think it did. I, I thought I, I thought it, the word sounded Scandinavian. Okay. It, it totally feels like a Yiddish word. Yeah. I like the, the level of tchotchke intros we got in yes. there. There's like six of them, yeah. uh, and I love them all. So, I think people just listen to the beginning of the podcast, and that's where they get all their ideas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And as we go further and further, they forget. Uh, let's, let's talk. Let's uh, talk preamble ramble. Yeah. Uh, before we get into our, our designated preamble ramble topics, it's been a terrible, terrible drive up to the podcast locale this morning and i am reminded of a few things Uh two things in particular one i don't think all the giant spiders in australia seem so bad when i had the drive like i had this morning because typically that's my brain is like god i'd love to live somewhere awesome and warm like australia or louisiana and then i think like i don't want all the bugs yeah and the snakes all year round yeah but then when i drive like today which was like a frozen hellish wasteland where you're just going to swerve into oblivion yeah. at any given moment. Yeah, yeah. I think, what's a spider? Really? <laughs> I the, mean, lethal potentially. Yeah, possibly. But more than but likely, so just big and hairy. Yeah, yeah. The drive is also potentially lethal. Much more potentially lethal <laughs> than a huntsman spider, I think. I don't know how many times they got to bite you to kill you, but yeah. you only got to run off the road one time and you're, dead. <laughs> and you're fucking uh, dead. And the other thing I was reminded of is thank you, small, sweet, succulent baby Jesus. <laughs> for the invention. Are you Bobby Ricky right now? <laughs> no, but I am Ricky Bobby. Uh, uh, <laughs> for the invention of the badass, red-blooded, stars and stripes, American 4x4 truck. <laughs> that son of a bitch. God bless her. She, you know, you know, her ass may smell like sawdust and deer blood, but she will get me through. Yeah, you dude. just crank her in four by four, and you just say, you know, you know, Jesus take the wheel. Okay, <laughs> baby Jesus take the yeah, wheel. Baby Jesus, he can he can't reach the pedals and the steering wheel at the same time. <laughs> yeah. He don't need to. He's baby Jesus. He's omnipresent. He can be all places at the same time. So it can be one of them on the pedals, one of them on the steering wheel. Yeah. There you go. I mean, we're in a time where America makes next to nothing, and we all kind of feel like all of our independence has been stripped of us. But there's one thing that they cannot take from us. Two things. One is the guns and the bullets. Two is our four by four trucks. They will always be American made. Ford F-150. Get that Silverado, get that F-150, get that Dodge Ram. (laughs) Okay? If you drive a Toyota Tundra, I'm going to kick you in the nuts. That's all I got to say about the drive and my yes. heightened stress level because I forgot my coffee on the kitchen counter before getting in the truck, yes. too. So I had no caffeine. Yes. I've been waiting to knock open my new Mountain Dew Zero Sugar, now available in all restaurants. <laughs> <laughs> John couldn't drink his coffee and his Mountain Dew today, yeah. so he's settling on just Mountain Dew. Yeah. So uh, my brain is going 100 miles an hour. Okay, let's go to the real preamble Preamble ramble? Yeah. Okay. The goody peoples, please, 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 are going to be proud of me because, you okay. know, I have a, I have a history of not understanding your shitty references. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, and lately I've been kicking some serious movie ass. All right. Um, and I've watched a lot of glorious eighties fantasy and sci-fi movies, oh, baby. including titles such as Zardo's, which is uh, Sean Connery in a red, like 
undie thong thing with like a red bullet belt. Wow. With a ponytail. Wow. You know what? You should do a cosplay of that right when you're done shitting your brains out with all your poop juice. Yes. Because that is the most ripped you're ever going to look. Because your yes. body is going to be so dehydrated and flush everything out of it. You need to get them red undies and red belt. And we're not going to explain what he's talking about. No, we're not going to talk about that. Uh, next, moving on. <laughs> Lady Hawk. Lady. Yeah, Lady Hawk. That's a good one. Kroll. And I want to take a moment and talk about Kroll for a little bit. Uh, you and Vince had a argument in yeah, our joint Facebook group about the uh, the legitimacy of using swords in a sci-fi universe. So, some to the extent of that, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. We don't need to rehash that. Uh, it was a pretty heated discussion. Vince, as Vince and I have sometimes. No, it's okay. I don't, don't want to. I don't want to read it and hear it a second time. <laughs> And crawl, you think it's a fantasy movie, and then robots with laser guns come out, <laughs> but no one cares. No, uh-uh. it's like, all right, we got to deal with this with my yeah. sword, and it's like, what the fuck are you doing right away? Yeah. So crawl essentially is inspiration for Age of Sigmar, mm. and I was like, holy shit! I saw, I saw that. Just your your key points where it said. Crawl is at the same time period of Age of Sigmar. <laughs> I was like, okay, I want to see how he makes this work. So Dude, he crossed the streams. It's amazing. Uh, Masters of the Universe, uh, Beastmaster, Conan the Barbarian, Conan the Destroyer, Red Sonia, yeah. Highlander, Dragon Slayer, and that's it. Those okay. Are the, so okay. My, my backlog is... You got some good classic ones in there. Honestly, I love these movies. They're so fucking good. Yeah. Um, there, there are various, you know... On the spectrum of good and just so cheesy, yeah. you, you like it. Yeah, um, Highlander is good. Yeah, Conan is good. Okay, you know <laughs> when I started watching Highlander, I was like, "What the fuck is going on? This guy is fighting another dude with an ancient sword in the parking garage of a fucking WrestleMania." <laughs> yes. I'm like, "What is happening?" Um, so it starts ridiculous, but then you totally get just wrapped up in it. You're yeah, like, yeah, I get this. This is cool. It's got some sweet lore. It does. <laughs> it does. There can only be one. Now yeah. you know. Now I get it. Now you can throw that into the repertoire okay. of random comments you and make. And not be a poser. Yeah, yeah, now you know it. Yes. Uh, how about the sexiness that is Dolph Lundgren and Masters of the Universe? That dude, there was like an eight-year span where he was like the pinnacle of what a man should look like. <laughs> dude, if you can be Prince Adam slash He-Man... You there there is no higher mountain peak. Okay, so you mentioned Prince Adam. I thought you were going to mention his performance in the second, third Rocky. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He's the evil German. Yeah. Right? Uh, uh, oh shit, I'm going to forget oh, is his it name. Russian? He's Russian. Okay, he's Russian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where um, is that the one where Apollo Creed has to has to join up with Rocky to train? In order to beat the Russian. And he fights the Russian and he dies. Yeah, he just gets just... No, oh, maybe it was number two. They had to fight anyway, Not number two. That, okay. That's yeah. why Rocky has to avenge him. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You know? Because sometimes... What's Prince Adam? What is, what is Dolph, Dolph Lundgren doing with that? Uh, Prince Adam is the name of He-Man when he's not He-Man. Oh, okay. Okay. okay I don't think in the Masters of the Universe movie... I spent so many years since I watched that movie... That he's ever actually Prince Adam. Prince Adam... Is He Man? It's like Clark Kent and, okay, and okay. Superman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. again, it's so obvious it's the same <laughs> dude. But he wears like a pink vest in a white shirt. It's just really weird. <laughs> but anyway. Did not see that in the movie. Uh he doesn't say a whole lot. No. He's kind of just like big and buff and mean. Yeah. Which kind of is basically Conan in all the Conan movies. Yeah. You know, I, I think once again, um oh shoot, I'm gonna forget his name. 
um, the guy that plays Willow, he also plays oh, main, one of the main uh, characters. Warwick? Warwick something? Uh, Warwick Davis. Warwick, Warwick, Warwick Davis. Davis. Um, he, he steals the show in Master of the Universe as well. He's like one of the most talkative oh, yes. characters yeah. in that whole movie. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. God, I haven't seen that movie in so many years. And I remember it being so bad it's good then. Yes. It's, it's got to hold up. It does. Okay. It's great. Wow, you got a lot. I mean, I'm proud of you, man. And I'm kind of jealous. You've got to watch so many of those movies that I haven't seen in so long that I love. For the first time, dude. Okay, I will say, no cap, uh, Conan the Barbarian is a legit movie. Yeah, dude. Um, Fucking Thulsa Doom. What a name, first Mm. of all. Um, But, like, that movie, so dour. Like, there's super low. No one's interacting a whole lot. And that makes sense in, like, a barbaric age. Like, it's just, like, kind of kill or be killed. Yeah. Um, And it's just, like, it's really good. In the beginning. I know. And at the end, he's, like, sitting on a throne. And they say, this is one of the many adventures of Conan. I was just like, man, this is, like, a beautiful story. It's so cool. I love it. The the Conan soundtracks are some of the most badass soundtracks you can, like, I used to listen to those on auto, like, when I'm playing video games. Yeah. I was like, God, this is awesome. Yeah, because there isn't a lot of dialogue in the movie, so the soundtrack carries a lot of weight. And it's not bad. That movie was also made in a time like the Krull movies. Like, it was, if you did a fantasy sci-fi thing, it had to have a level of cheese or lightheartedness yeah, to it. And they're like, nah, fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was all fucking serious and yeah. dark. Yeah. There's some fucking witches and children sacrificing there and all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah. I love it. Oh, man. Oh, look at that. So this oh, also, stuff. in Conan, uh, I can't remember if it's the Barbarian or Destroyer, there's a thing called the Heart of Araman, which is like a thing they have to steal or something mm-hmm. which is the exact name of a 40k character yeah it's his each uh and Thanks. i looked up araman just for shits and giggles and i found that he is an iranian deity he mm. is is he like the elephant he's one of the, like the elephant gods or something i don't know he is the evil spirit in early iranian religion called zoroastrianism or zorvanism lord of darkness and chaos the source of human confusion disappointment and strife disappointment we've all had a bit of him in our lives <laughs> the god of disappointment <laughs> man that's how, that's like that's like the shittiest god to worship yeah, i'm a god of mild anxiety and stress <laughs> <laughs> yeah the thing that you just did wasn't that good <laughs> yes he just kind of shits out of you a little bit <laughs> just just like it's like a slow creep yeah. he, he's never like over the top he's kind of like <laughs> I guess that was all right. It could do better. <laughs> all right, you got a puppy. What's the deal with that? Yeah, uh, I got a I got a puppy. Uh, got him actually. I recorded our last episode the very next day. We drove uh, a bazillion miles, or what felt like that, to Indianapolis, Indiana. Picked up the puppy, came back. That was a long ass drive. Uh, Argus is his name, and uh, he's gained I think seven pounds in two weeks. <laughs> okay, Argus is where in the Harry Potter lore? Okay, all right. So Argus is Argus is has a number of uh, history to his name. First of all, Argus Filch is the caretaker at the Hogwarts. Oh, that's his first name. His first name is okay. Argus, and he's the caretaker. Argus also comes from mythology in two different areas. Argus uh, was a thousand-eyed giant that there is a uh, there's a whole story behind that with Zeus and Hera and, and whatever. But uh, eventually Argus became the god of surveillance. <laughs> oh, because thousand eyes. Yeah. OK, cool. OK. Also, Argus is the name of Odysseus's dog. Oh, OK. And it is his loyal friend that goes with him on all his travels and his yeah. boat and shit. Yeah. So uh, outlives Odysseus, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
So there we go. Okay. So he is, sounds like your dog's name has an awful lot of lore. Yeah, he's, he's a he's There's a lore field dog. Isn't very fond of lore. Uh, and my daughter uh, just calls him Gus Gus, which is the name of the fat mouse in Cinderella. Yeah, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Where's a little green shirt? Way yeah. too small for him. <laughs> Gus 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 Gus. Okay, uh, so I got I got a puppy that has been kicking my ass. Yes, um, not physically, and and I was more worried about like a lack of sleep. Got to get the puppy up, but he's he's smart. I mean. Rest in peace. Love you, Remus. This dog is way smarter. <laughs> like he's figured out potties, figured out all the things. He's he learns. How, he knows how to sit. He knows his name. He knows touch. He knows come. But he's he's really really smart, and he knows. You have very very few accidents. But what's really kicking my ass is I realize that in my day to day work, I work in these uh, kind of segments out of flow states, and I think you probably do the same. Yeah. Like. You'll end up like doing stuff that doesn't feel super productive for like an hour. And then you get into something and you look up and you've been cranking at it for two or three hours. Yeah. And you need to stay in that pocket yeah. to, to just get a bunch of stuff done. When you got to let the dog out to piss like every 30 minutes and you got to play with him and do blah, 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 blah. And I can't have him down the studio yet. He would eat cords and computers and shit. Like I can't have him. <laughs> you around. would eat whole computers? All the entire computer. God damn. If I don't look at him for five minutes, the computer's going. Those sound very smart. Yeah. <laughs> computers are delicious. <laughs> Um, so I, I can't get in a flow state for the last two weeks since we had them. Like, I, like, I'm just completely mishmash and yeah. it requires a ton more energy. I figured out most like mental energy to realize, okay, I got 30 minutes to crank something out to like, you have to like go balls deep and really like push yourself, work really hard, fast, but also just really focused and then going up and down from that, from continuing to push yourself into that in short bursts over the course of a day. Maybe I'm just old, but I, I can feel it. It's not that I'm like, oh, I got to go to bed at eight o'clock. I'm not like that. But it's just by the end of the day, I'm like, woo, woo. So, but, you know, it's going great. That's the thing is puppy stage doesn't last forever. No, it doesn't. They're cute. They're they're amazing. So I'm, I'm trying to appreciate that. He's a, he's a good boy. Nice. Um, nice. The other quick thing I want to talk about in the uh, preamble ramble was um, I saw on Instagram... Uh, like last week that some people, when they get their Spira busts in the mail, they do a little unboxing, they show what it all looked like. And yeah, then Spira, yeah. uh, Lucas will like repost it on, on there. And I'm like, Oh man, that's the Merlin one with the little boy with the yeah, yeah. sword in the stone. I was like, Oh shoot. I don't think I ordered that one. Go back in my email, search Spira, check for an email, no email, but I'm like, shit, I didn't order it. I was like, Oh, I was bummed. I thought I was going to like order them all. Cause I'm a little bit, you know, FOMO on those, and I, I love them. I'm like, at some point, I'm going to really want to paint this. It doesn't have to be today. Two days ago, it showed up in the mail, and I'm like, oh, oh, <laughs> surprise mini. Nice. Yes, I got it. I so thought, you did I, order it. Well, I did order it. For it. I did order it. I must have deleted the email or threw the junk or whatever. And I was okay. like, even better. It's nice. even more exciting because yes. I didn't expect it. It's Christmas all over it's again. Just, it's a little, a little statue, sword in the stone Christmas. Yes. I think I bought that one too, but I don't think I've gotten it yet. I skipped the goblin. I know you got that goblin. Maybe they just sent your your sucker. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. All right, that's our preamble ramble. Talking about what we painted. Um, I finished that silenced man, which is oh, I started on. I don't know. I was talking about it in a whip stage last time. It's done now. Just a mile from our Greyjoy army. Hmm. He's fine. He's fine. Uh, I painted two, or almost finished painting two versions of the witch. Um, her face. Uh, which is a model that's in my Kickstarter campaign, uh, which is coming out late February. Um, there's a date. I can't remember it. It's the 25th. 25th. Um, 
If you're interested about that, you can follow the campaign. Link down below, or you can join the mailing list where I talk about updates every Monday about the about what I'm doing for the campaign. So this one, I painted two versions of the face. One is I just painted it, I winged it, I do whatever I do, and I'm painting faces. Um, I kind of use different colors, but whatever, it doesn't matter. And then I watched a bunch of makeup tutorials, hmm. and then I painted in a second face. Because, okay, the shtick on this video, which will come out sometime next week, is that I, people tell me this advice all the time. It's like, you should watch makeup tutorials if you want advice on painting faces. And I'm like, what are those people going to tell me that I don't already know? Uh, and so I was watching Love Island one evening, as I am known to do. Yeah. And I saw the ladies doing makeup. And I learned something in one second of them doing makeup. And I was like, there's, there's merit to this. And so I watched, like, I don't know, maybe like an hour's worth of tutorials on 2X Speed. So quite a few of them. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and I learned a lot. And then I painted a model. She looks a little drag queeny. I think I, I was very excited to learn, like, use all my new makeup skills. <laughs> use them all. On a model. So I went a little, maybe a little bit ham with the makeup. But I think one thing in particular that's different about the second model makes the way that I'm painting faces, just like it's, it's going to change forever. And that is that when ladies put highlight on their face, they tend to focus right here, right in the middle of the forehead. And on the first model, I highlighted it top down, zenithly. And it makes her forehead look like a 10 head. It does. Um, She's got a receding hairline in that one. Kind of, yeah. And, but by darkening the outside with bronzer or, <laughs> or just shadow, shadow uh, it makes her forehead much smaller. It focuses the, the tension right in the middle of the face. And it's not accurate or as accurate as it could be but who cares it looks seven thousand times better i'm not sure if this applies to all face paintings but i think for for females in general i might, I might try to focus on something yeah. more like that she does look a little bit like david bowie but yes um it's kind of weird when i was just finished the contouring of the face i was like she looks like she has makeup on like the way that i painted this looks like she has foundation and all this stuff on so it's kind of interesting it's kind of cool though yeah, yeah. got like smokier eyes so that, that black eyeshadow. yeah 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 i think that's a really interesting thing i think that by the time y'all see this or hear this his video will be out yeah it'll be so out. you can you can go check that out if you haven't checked it out yet but i think that's a really cool thing and i, I look forward to that because i I want you to watch those couple hours and then just tell me. Yes. And then so that I don't have to watch them. So okay. I, I appreciate I that. I will watch all the makeup tutorials for you. I appreciate that. So that's what you painted. Um, I don't have a lot that I painted um, because I, I, I did finish up. And then we last recorded, I hadn't completely finished my uh, Tau Dark Strider model. I did finish him up. And we're going to talk about in the after party portion of the podcast for our patrons, uh, something that kind of shocked me and, and shook me a little bit uh made me rethink uh a basis and Whoa. uh so that part was really fun and interesting um and then also on the stream a couple weeks ago when i was on here i painted up my D characters i painted up a uh, old confrontation night and so that was like oh i guess i'm doing nmm on stream again and so i just slapped on a, a quick nmm um which really gets me excited i think um in my next one of my next couple videos is going to be on uh, quick and dirty nmm aka nmm for dummies that's my working title right nice. now and then it's like in parentheses i'm the dummy so it's like oh it's self-deprecating you're not a dummy i'm a dummy is uh is your thumbnail gonna be like like highlighter yellow and like have like the for dummies mm -hmm. like 
font that you see in all the books and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, that's a good idea. I mean, I don't know how you work that in there while also showing the model and maybe something else. I don't know. Yeah, I I think so. And then <laughs> it, it, maybe like the dummies is just kind of like going sweeping across my forehead <laughs> as I'm making a dumb face. I mean, that seems like a winner to me. But, they have stick figures, right? You just put your head in one of the stick figures. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. They're all dummies on their stick figures. These are sticks. Okay. So, yeah, that's, I mean, I for this week's video I, that I did, I it didn't paint something. So, it's typically is, I've been, you know, I I wrote like eight more pages for the um, master class. Oh, yeah. When are we going to do that? Yeah, we got to do it. Well, so I'm not done yet, but we got to do it soon. <laughs> Eight more pages. Eight more pages. What but, are you at? Uh, is it double spaced? Seventy-five point five. Remember that shit in high school? They'd be like, "Oh, I have you run a twenty-page essay?" First question you always ask is double spaced. Yeah. Okay, it's ten pages. Good. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I think I'm at sixteen-ish pages, but I, I don't have a whole lot left to go. In the stuff that's left, the only section that's the difficult one is the NMM section. All the mm. other stuff is is different. Like tchotchkes and stuff one thing i'm really looking forward to is talking about the dead elf the dead baby pixie heads because i really liked how those those turned out did you want to bring home the model with you i was thinking about that when i did the ad spot for it i was like shit i should have had it here and they're gonna be like <laughs> yeah yeah um you have pictures of it already because i want once you know when it goes live and stuff this is a great conversation for the podcast right right this. yeah <laughs> i still need to film it because that the my motion oh, yeah. control rig has been out for repair i got it yesterday uh so i still need to film some stuff of it but like i don't need to do that until later i don't i i would rather you get all you need okay sure, and yeah. then and then i'll take it and then i'll have plenty of time when the kickstarter is going on and stuff okay like cool, cool, cool um all yeah right, it's so. a little bit of business sorry goody peepees <laughs> now you're a your official board member of the goody peepee <laughs> yes uh okay so yeah that's that's what i painted although i in my video that i did for this week uh it was a pile of shame video my weird ass John version of a pile of shame video. I realized how much cool stuff I have that I haven't painted. Yeah. And I felt guilty about that, but I also felt like excited about all these things that I saw. I was like, Oh, I kind of want to paint that now. Oh, okay, I kinda want to paint okay. that now. So. When going through it, did you like discover models and like ideas for videos? You're like, Oh, should I could use this for that? This for that? No, I just asked everyone to give me their ideas in the comments <laughs> section. <laughs> <laughs> what models do you want to see painted? Maybe you can come up with a, a title too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, give me a whole unique perspective on how I should do this video. Uh, that would be great. <laughs> Yeah, that's, I mean, that's what I did. Today's video is brought to us by Broken Anvil Monthly. Broken Anvil Monthly proudly presents the Celestial War Demonic Vengeance Miniature Collection. For nine bucks, patrons of Broken Anvil Monthly will receive a slew of principal miniatures featuring terrifying demonic creatures and the abyssal knights that serve them. Oh, that sounds so badass. It is. Broken Anvil Monthly, or BAM, as we like to call them. BAM! Kicked off 2022 with the Celestial War Miniature Series. As the dark counterpart to January's Angelic Models, this month provides tabletop RPG players and miniature hobbyists with the malevolent villains of the Abyssal Plains. The wicked stars of this show this month are the Seven Grand Demons, each a vile representation of sin. Patrons will be able to print, paint, and play with their own demonic embodiment of wrath, greed, pride, envy, lust, gluttony and sloth and you can do it while watching the movie seven mm, i think you just read eight psych you didn't ah! <laughs> serving these greater demonic entities are abyssal knights mortal followers who wear heavy armor and wield devastating melee weapons in service of the dark lords 
Dark Lords! All of these nightmarish creatures are presented in this month's collection as finely detailed miniatures expertly engineered for easy 3D printing. Terrain features such as thrones, altars, and portals offered this month help truly set the tone for any RPG campaign featuring these demonic bad boys and girls. Each month, patrons also receive a free 5th edition compatible adventure and set of monster stat blocks. Whether running an RPG campaign or playing in one, this month provides a wealth of inspiration and materials for anyone to enjoy. So a big thank you to BAM, BAM, for sponsoring today's video and for keeping the Goody PP Nation in check with so many awesome things to print, paint, and play with every month. You can find their information linked down in the show notes or the description if you're watching on YouTube. Thanks, BAM. BAM. All right. Today we have no real topic. We have a bunch of small topics. A little bit of a, a little bit of a, a little bit of a, a little bit of a sampler. Oh, yeah, you're trying to think of the, the buffet. No, no, <laughs> like the meat and cheese thing. What are those things? Cartuterie, cartuterie, oh, oh, charcuterie. <laughs> I just, I just cartuterie. <laughs> I was so close. I just eat the cooterie. That's my favorite part. Holy shit. Yeah, we're going to... This is the cartoonery episode. All right. The first question comes from Sean McCormick. Why should you paint something that isn't for a tabletop game? Oh, Sean McCormick. Sean derives no pleasure from painting. (laughs) Why? Why would you paint something? Why the fuck would you want to do that? (laughs) That's a dumb thing. (laughs) All right, so obviously the answer to this question is that you get joy out of simply the painting process. Um, also, if you're a bit of a collector, it's fun to see a bunch of painted display models in a shelf. Like the top shelf of my thing is all my display minis. I like seeing them all there. Yeah, when I uh, when I see a model that like, oh my god, that model is so cool. It's so awesome. It's right. It's my jam. It's my kind of thing. One, I'm more excited to paint it, and we should, I think, in general always be going downstream in the direction of the things that excite us to paint. Yes. You know, you, you can take some some offshoots. You can stop on on shore, have a little sandwich now and again. <laughs> it's something I have to do. But go with that flow and don't fight the current. You know what I'm saying? And, and if there's something that excites you, don't worry about what you're going to use it for in a game. Just paint it because you're going to get more time painting and you're more than likely going to enjoy it more than something you just feel like you have to paint. And then to reiterate your point, Scott, I didn't really think about it that way. But when I look in my display cabinet at home, the models that I kind of gravitate towards with my eye are ones that I really enjoy the models. And I smile when I see them because like, well, it's maybe not the best paint job in the world, but it's painted and I'm proud of it. And the model is cool. And so you just take more satisfaction out of that. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, also, if you're not a display painter, the value you get for painting models that aren't in your game is that if you want to experiment with the scheme or the technique, some kind mm-hmm. of application to paint, you can do that on a model without stressing out about it affecting the cohesion of your army or whatever else you got going on the table. Yeah. And I found too that I'll pick up models that are for games. So I'll, I'll pick up different 40K or Age of Sigmar models. Like I recently found when I was digging through my infinity cabinet of models down there that I had bought Mephiston at some point. Oh. And I bought him because he looks badass. He's a vampire spaceman. He is. There's so many cool things about him. Right. I don't plan on playing Blood Angels. That's right. He's with, right? Blood yeah. Angels. He's Blood I Angel. don't plan on playing them, but let's say I really enjoy painting him. Really cool. Get into it. <laughs> Read some lore. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're talking hypothetical me, not real me. <laughs> 
I might find myself excited to maybe want to play that, you know, or even for like a different game you don't play at all. And you're just like, oh, uh, Conquest. Uh, there's some really cool Velociraptors. I'm going to paint these Velociraptors. Velociraptors. Yeah. Um, Do they eat cartoonery? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For supper? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Sorry, I'm shitting on you a little bit too much. <laughs> no, that's funny. It's funny. Um, I don't know. I was going to say something important here. <laughs> When you start talking about velociraptors <laughs> charcuterie did you know that velociraptors really when were, were about the size of chickens really yeah steven spielberg said that we gotta make them more badass than that so, so does that mean that chickens are gonna become gigantic at some point yes absolutely that's what this means clever girl um utah raptors were the big really badass ones you know where they came from utah raptors. yes Utah Raptors. You ever heard of a Utah Raptor? No. You ain't never heard of a Utah you Raptor? Got heard of it. No, I haven't. You got to get out of that in their city, boy. <laughs> uh, Utah Raptors like Velociraptors, but they're bigger and they're thicker. And they're, they're, are you telling me there are legit dinosaurs in America right now? Yeah, they're in Utah. They're called Utah Raptors? Yeah. Yeah, they're real. I think John's fucking with me. I think they're just big birds. Yeah, they're big birds. Okay. Yeah, the, one of the Utah Raptors was first seen on television in Sesame Street. Oh, you're, though they're not dinosaurs. Yeah, you, a Utah raptor is a real dinosaur. But they're actually big, and they're they're bigger than the Velociraptors in Jurassic Park. But it's more like what they were modeled after by Spielberg. Okay, was a Utah raptor. I'm gonna have to see a picture of this. Okay, yeah. I don't believe you. Go watch Sesame Street. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Why are we talking about Utah raptors? Okay, I think um, what John was trying to say about his <laughs> Mephiston and his Velociraptors was that sometimes. You play an army in a game, but a different army, it's got one cool model you're super into. Yeah. You just want to paint it. For yeah. me, that was Queek Headtaker and the Skaven army. I was like, I'm all fucking sick. I'm going to buy it and paint it. I don't play Skaven because rats are stupid. Uh, but Queek, he's awesome. Vermin Lords, also awesome. Oh, those Vermin Lords are so cool. So fucking cool. There's a couple of <clears throat> models in that army that I just think are freaking sweet. Yeah. Um, just a lot because you need a lot of little things in most of those. They're kind of old and not cool. Yeah. Also, bits, man. When you buy kits bits, from other bits, armies, bits, you get bits, different bits, kinds of bits. Bits, bits, bits. I like how I was doing it, like beatboxing in the background. Bits. Bits. Okay, I gotta quit. Uh, I'm all I'm all hopped up on Mountain Dew Zero Sugar. Yeah, it dude. gets you all hopped up and doesn't get you high sugar. <laughs> John's fired up right now. Uh, we want to keep talking about Sean McCormick's uh, question. Or uh, is there any it? other time? I mean, sometimes you'll paint a, a model not for a game if you want to push yourself for a competition. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, you Competitive know, painting. Yeah. You you choose something that like will will show a certain technique or a really cool idea you have because sometimes you have this really cool idea of how to paint something whether it's like makes it looks like he's made out of something's made out of glass he's holding an orb or whatever and so you kind of pick a model that will help you one improve or two really kind of showcase what you're trying to to uh, win a competition or do well or even just push yourself mm-hmm. and oftentimes if we're just I find this with my armies is that if I'm painting something for it, I don't want to paint it so good that it sticks out so much removed from when it's sitting on the table with my army. Interesting. Um, And I also don't just want to just slap it on it and get it done for the same reason. Like it's like a circle and you want most (laughs) stuff to live in the circle. You know, things that are right around the edges of the circle, a little bit outside the circle, that's okay, but you can't get, like, in a whole nother atmosphere. Yeah. 
come what your army is. And so sometimes if you want to push yourself or you want to just try something completely new and it doesn't have to be for a competition, it just is more freeing to paint a model that isn't attached to something you already have this investment in. Yeah. I do something similar. I had Drazar that I was painting for Golden Demon, but I bought a second one for my army because obviously it's going to look totally different. So I wanted to have one that matched that universe and one that I could paint more seriously. I kind of like the idea of everyone in your army being like a really certain color and then he's just white. Yeah. He's just like, Wang! he's the white knight. Yeah. You know, because like you can see in the battlefield, there's all this like, there's a sea of yellow and then all the bloods and all the whatever other things are fighting. And then it just like the sea slowly parts and there's just a one dude in white armor walking. White, red, lilac cloths. Okay, that's not as cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. If you want to paint a different scale, busts are often not involved in games. And you might get excited about, you know, painting a face in more detail. Like right now, after watching a bunch of makeup tutorials, I want to paint a goddamn face. You know, I want to yeah. paint a big face. Um, and so maybe you might get fired up about a different subject and want to paint a bigger model to help out with that subject, enjoy it more, explore it more, stuff like that. Yeah. I, I you know, you're not going to be like, this. there's a big old bust you do. And like, this is my gilly man. So he's going to go right <laughs> here. It's a floating head. It's <laughs> a floating head. It's just the head of gilly man. Um but I also think in relation to that, when you're talking about bigger scale, oftentimes that's a, that's a different step that most of us take a while to get to. Some never do. Some jump on it earlier. Um, the one thing that I've found is that when you're painting at a larger scale, you're kind of expected more to do more in each given place because it's bigger, right? You're expected to have more different variations in the skin tone on the face and, mm -hmm. and you can have more details in the eyes and blah, 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 blah. And that can actually really help you once you go back to your army or you go back to a smaller scale and just painting whatever because over time, even over the course of just painting one larger mini, you'll find certain things that you will see will translate well going back to a smaller scale and certain things that are probably not worth it or aren't going to show themselves enough. Yeah. So you kind of can create your own of this this bag of tricks that you've kind of been experimenting with, you're going to pick three or four of them when you go back to skin for the smaller scale. And you'll have been better at it because you kind of push yourself at a bigger scale. Um, I often find that when I do something at a larger scale, when I go back to a smaller scale, um, it kind of releases me from a little bit of that extra weight of expectation. And I, I, I kind of have fun with it. So maybe this is another thing I just thought of right now is that... It's it's about changing it up. Yeah, you're gonna get burned out if you're just painting nothing but like space marine, space marine, space marine, yeah. space marine, space marine, space marine. Hey, what was the earlier rhythm you were doing? What was the word you were saying? Charcuterie? <laughs> no, okay, just go on. Car charcuterie, I think, was the original. Uh, Velociraptors and charcuterie. I guess someone is gonna have the uh, the next theme for the next uh, episode of the podcast. It's probably gonna have the use of one or two of those words. <laughs> yes. Um, all right, what were you saying? Variety. Yeah, you 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 kind of recharge your batteries by jumping off to something different, and don't make it something necessarily that's such a big project is going to suck you away for ten, twenty, thirty hours. But just, <laughs> I said, suck you away, Scott. Pull you away, yank you away. Hey, I didn't say nothing. <laughs> You had a, you had a, audio listeners know nothing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So it's, Scott just had the face. He's gonna fucking throw me under the bus right now. Yeah. He had the face on that he was just about to open his mouth and say, 
Oh my. Hey, can you suck me away from this conversation, please? <laughs> I can yank you. <laughs> One preposition away from something truly great. <laughs> yeah. So, spice of life. <laughs> Try something different. All right, Sean. Thanks for the question. Next one comes from uh, Corneal or Corneal Douglas. He said, uh, nickname is Corn. Did you say Cornhole Douglas? <laughs> no, 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 no. Corneal Douglas. He said his nickname was Corn, though. So we can call him Corn from now on. Uh, what do you guys do before YouTube took off for you guys? And how has it helped you in mini painting? John thought he could make an entire episode out of this question. So I'm kind of really interested in what you have to say. It started when I was 12 years old. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, I've thought about this before i think there are things that hindered me and things that helped me in this um so i don't want to go i mean do you want to go like certain little weird jobs you had or do you want to talk about like the main job you had before you did this i don't know how you um approach this well yeah i don't think this needs to be a 30 minute answer you no know, it's not gonna be well, unless you want it to be <laughs> i uh <laughs> we were joking earlier about this question you know we could start all the way back I was born 1992. No, uh, I had a job as a software engineer. I work for a company called Cray. It's a supercomputing company. Uh, we ha- like make supercomputers that solve really complicated uh, equations that take a normal computer literal years to process. And so, for things like various permutations for cancer, for live computations, for I think uh, the, uh, the Giants baseball team uses a Cray to solve. Uh, Equations about like what player's stats are best for what situations. Um, these require real time fast analysis. Oh, this is Moneyball stuff. Huh? Moneyball stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, that's it's mostly uh, medical and military that use uh, and baseball and baseball. <laughs> they use big computers. That's, that's like the one fun thing about Cray. The, the Giants have a Cray. Um, have you seen my baseball? <laughs> uh, so I mean, all my prior uh, internships were all software engineering. And how that assisted me is probably mostly in um, the uh, the YouTube world, not the painting world so much. Um, I don't know if this is because of my job, but I like everything to be very neatly defined and like buttoned down and understood. And so whenever I'm trying to like explain something or understand a technique, I need to understand it in very, very simple and explainable terms. Um, and like even in college classes, like whenever a person, I was the guy who asked all the questions, oh. every, every teacher hated me, but if I did not understand even the smallest part of a thing, I would ask a question. Cause if, if, as soon as I don't understand one thing, oh. everything falls apart for me in my brain. Yeah. And so that is true of mini painting as well, which is a little bit more challenging cause it's an artistic field. Yeah. But I like to have everything very neatly defined. Like uh, a lot of people are very satisfied with, uh, uh, a cursory explanation of non-metallic metal, but I did not get it until I really looked into a bunch of things about physics and how light bounces off stuff. Not a bunch of things, but enough for me to understand kind of what's going on here. Um, sure. So yeah, I like to look for nitty gritty answers. See, so you like things in their nice little bitty neat boxes. Right? Absolutely. Everything's got to be in a neat box. Then you close the box and that box is nice and neat and you understand everything in that box. Absolutely. And then you make another little box. Very analytical. Critical. Do you Do you find that that's, makes things like non-metallic metal. I'm glad that you brought that up. Does that make it more difficult or frustrating or uncomfortable for you? Because there, there's too many boxes. Yeah, there's so much going on. Yeah, there's too many variables. I think the problem with an NMM example is that I can tend to get stuck in one way of doing things. Mm. Like when I do NMM, it's pretty much always a very bright steel, a very bright white steel. And there are so many different kinds of NMM uh 
that look great, that are silver, that are darker, that are, you know, different hues. Um, so I can tend to, when I've defined something in my head, just never go back to it and always do it one way. Because mm. so. the box <clears throat> the box is closed. It's been figured out. Yeah. You just need to go back to the box, open the box, reference it, and then... Exactly. So that, that's, yeah. that's my big downfall with that. Um, but I think that it doesn't, it doesn't have to, like, end there. But I think one of the important things... And I'm just realizing now is that why people like you, I couldn't possibly figure it out before. Uh, <laughs> people like you fucking idiots. <laughs> is that um, at a base level to really grasp something, you communicate in a way that people really resonate with, whether or not their brain works that way. At a base level, we're all a little bit maybe probably more sloppy or disorganized than you. But when something is foreign, to really understand the basic levels is just what you need to gain confidence to try to attempt. Mm. And I think that's really important in a, an art form, particularly an art form that isn't, isn't really drawn for artists. Hmm. If you think mini about- painting? Yes. If you think about the majority of mini painters- we don't have a background as artists. We okay. don't come into this with years of experience in different mediums. We have all different skill sets and different things that brought us into this. So it's really hard to approach it from an artistic way when that's not how most of us have been used to learning or interacting with our environment and perceiving a certain way. So to go about it in a more organized, scientific, logical way, I think you reach... A, a great number of people because it's a, in a way that most of us live our day-to-day lives and how we go about processing information and organizing things to make sure, you know, the gas bill gets paid. I know when I have to put, you know, air in my tires. I, you know, have to figure out what I'm going to, what meals I want to make and what I need to buy. And when do I, like, there's those very organized things that allow us to keep our brain power Focus to things that we're more interested in or that drive us or our passion or our family or our loves. And, and you try to just compartmentalize other things so they don't take so much of your conscious. Mm. And what you've done is you've allowed people to really absorb in a way that they're used to absorbing. And then you push back on them to say, just because we've made the boxes today doesn't mean all that is in the world of miniature painting is in those boxes. Right, yeah. And that's something that I have to reiterate more often than I do, honestly. Um, I want to push back on one thing you said, though. You mentioned that people in our field aren't, uh, they don't come from a different field of artistry, um, which makes them, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it kind of made it seem like you were saying it makes them a little bit less of an artist. No, and I don't think I don't think that. And I think probably if you look at even you know miniature painters that you really revere and that are amazing miniature painters, and that whole spectrum, um, I would say the majority of them don't have an art background either, a, a traditional art background. Let me sure. let me classify that. That what I mean by that is if you went to art school, I hung out with people who went to art school. I went to architecture school, which is kind of the same, but it's not the same. Okay, the approach to learning is that building block approach, but it's always through the creative brain tweak. And it's always about um, you individuality and your your perception, your take, your understanding of something that makes your voice unique to you. And that's how it's, it's taught. 
um, because that's what makes you so unique in your art. And in this, if we were to do that in miniature painting videos as kind of your foundational, as you were teaching people, I mean, people are like, I, I just want to know how to paint it and not make it look like butts. Like, right. Um, that, that's what I'm trying to say. And it probably, it's not artsy fartsy. Yeah. And, and I think that, that artsy fartsy isn't a bad thing. I think you need to, you need to give them like, you know, you give them a whole plate of mashed potatoes and you throw one little strawberry artsy. Okay. And the next meal, you get throw a little blueberry in there, heart fartsy, <laughs> and then like you 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 build that in, but without the foundation that people feel like they can grasp something and they can act, because this hobby is all about acting. It's all about doing. It's all about putting in the time yourself, and that's how you're actually going to improve. And so if you what you do is you give people the confidence that well, I, it's it's actually not super difficult when he puts it that way for me to want to try it, right? And then I'll eat the strawberry with mashed potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how many professional artists went to college for art and how many film directors went to film school that have had like a movie released in all major theaters at least once, you know? I wonder. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, there's plenty of there's plenty of amazing artists that didn't necessarily go yeah. that way. But if you were to talk to them, and you were to see like how their brain works mm -hmm. is different. It's different. I'm not saying it's bad or it's good. It's different. I know a couple of professional artists that have nothing to do with miniature painting. Their brain just works different, man. Mm. Like the way that they perceive reality is just different. It's so cool. It's so interesting. I would be exhausted if I spent every day with them, but it's very, very interesting. And I think most of us don't live that way. Just like most of us aren't like Elon Musk and just like this weird alien <laughs> brain that can do all these things and whatever. Like we're just not that way. And, it's about trying to help how most of the human brains work. That's what I think. Sure. First of all, do you, are you growing a mustache? I don't know. Am I? You kind of are. It seems quite shaped. Secondly, <laughs> Elon Musk uh, said to hell with all the business terms for uh, his company, um, like like uh, CEO and all those C acronyms. He mm. was like, fuck it. You need a director, a treasurer, and like two other roles. That's all you need. So he legally changed his title in the company from CEO to fucking electro techno king <laughs> or something like that. So uh, now he's the ETK. Yeah. 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 Different so, yeah. Right. Yeah. And I was like, you go Elon Musk, dude. <laughs> yeah. His, his, his brain works different. His brain works different. And he's an engineer. So you like, you guys probably could, you know, you just, oh, you understand how that works. Yeah, we would just, we just fucking get right in there. <laughs> right. All right. What the fuck do you do and how did it help you with mini painting? Uh, well, I, I said I, I did go to school to be an architect because I've always loved art and always like that kind of stuff. But I, th I think that, that got me interested in kind of that, that vein of always being interested in art and always like creating that just made me feel good. But so many times I, I didn't find a medium that really excited me, but I've always been like a, a super fantasy nerd and that kind of stuff too. So this, when I found out about this, it was just like, Oh yeah, this just fit into my passions and mm -hmm. something. Oh, I just really got into So you know, sometimes like you come across something, whether it's a book or a movie or a comic book or a, a video game or whatever. And it just, it just hits just right for you. You're mm -hmm. just like, I love this. I want to play this, read this, watch this every day. Yeah. Maybe it doesn't last for every day for the rest of your life, but it's just something's like all the streams align that just hits who you are, what you really love. And this is that for me. And so that was got into the mini painting side, the actual uh, YouTube side. Um, I worked in one capacity or another for 
15, 20 years in marketing communications. Mm -hmm. So I like to talk. I like to uh, present. I like to teach. I like to do all that stuff. That's what I did professionally. And that was kind of my itch um, that I got to scratch to not like want to like, you know, dread getting up every Monday morning was because I wasn't doing something artistic as a real-time job. But real-time job? Real-time. Real-time. It was in real-time, this job. He was working in real-time. Yeah. Um, And... So that was the thing that I that really drove me that I really enjoyed doing. Um, but I think what helped me from creating the YouTube channel and all this stuff was my understanding of one, the businessy world, and two, the understanding of how communications and marketing works. Yeah. To help me figure out what is what is my target audience, what do they want, um, how can I be authentic? How can I show people that like I'm not playing a character, anything. I hope people realize that. I was just like that who I am and what I like to do, what I like to talk about um, is something that um, I hope it resonates with them. And so, and, you know, just being able to have fun and do stupid stuff and yeah. whatever. I love doing that. And so I, what, what, I, what I was really struggled with, which is why I had you, um, was <laughs> that the, the, I had no engineering skills. Mm. <laughs> I have no technology skills. I'll say no. Like, I'm not terrible, but I I don't have an interest in it. I don't. To me, that's not where I want to put my time, energy, and I don't get satisfaction out of being like I solved this problem to do my update and my video driver. Like, I don't give a fuck. Let me hit the button and let me play my game. Like, right? Like, I I that stuff causes me anxiety when there's something like my computer's running. It's like. I'm like, oh shit. oh shit. I hate that. Like, What's happening? I don't know how to solve this problem. Maybe that's where the anxiety comes from. Like I could deal with stuff that's tangible in the world. Like that that kind of stuff interests me and I can I can figure it out. Yeah. But the intangible is causes me anxiety. Okay. So the whole side of like video editing and and figuring out tech and figuring out all this kind of stuff and how cameras work, you know. Cameras, like, how do they work? <laughs> all that stuff. Like that I probably would have never done it if I didn't have somebody that was already doing it. And I'd be like, Scott, I don't, I don't know how to, I don't know how to make it now look like poopy, Scott. How do I make it now look like poopy, Scott? So I will say that my career had nothing to do with my camera knowledge, but there you had a passion in that. Right? Yes, yes, yeah. But I think <laughs> there's there's a certain engineer technical mindset. And I think there's probably oh, the way sure. that you did problem yeah. solving, understood how things worked, and all that kind of stuff like it it wasn't so foreign yeah of a jump to you yeah yeah certain sides of it and i'll definitely say you can definitely tell like me just interacting with you that you have more of a corporate mindset and that you you know how to interact with adults better than i do <laughs> um which is good i tend to get angry really fast and just dismiss people and john's like no okay we can make this work you know let's just massage let's just grease the wheels of industry a little bit better He's good at that. I think I've said it before, but my wife calls me a chameleon. Yes. And, and she doesn't say it in a uh, a nice way. Um, <laughs> she says like... I like how typically you would say that and be like, she doesn't mean bad by it. John's just like straight up, no, she's 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 doing me dirty right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It, it's more of a like, I don't really know who you really are kind of way. Um, <laughs> Holy shit. Because I, uh, I change my skin colors based not physically <laughs> like i can't can't like become different races <laughs> in real time but like i change based on who i'm around and i think we all do it yeah yeah but i she's like whenever we go over to your brother's house 
and you know, the kids are all together and you guys are out, um, you know, cutting up deer and stuff, you talk totally different and you drink all this light beer and you know you're talking to your dad about all these weird things and stuff it's like you never are like that i'm like because I, I, i'm just a multifaceted person you are and there are certain things that i like but i'm okay with having little boxes of like and yeah. closing the box again and i'm fine without going back to that certain things like a giant box the box needs to be open a lot yes you know like minis like weird movies and that's about it. Um, video games, video, sports. Yeah, I do. I do like sports. Goody PB's may or may not. I do like sports. We like sports, right and we don't care who knows. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Oh, that's, a, that's a song. <laughs> that's a song. That's a song. Uh, you mentioned something, and it wanted me to tell a story. <laughs> okay. It wanted me. Yes. The voice in my head. Yes. Uh, tell the story now, Scott. <laughs> It was something about intangibles and shit. Uh, I just started streaming Underworlds on my stream, and I wanted to get a bunch of cards to show, digital versions of the cards. Oh, yeah. Because um, we have an app that we paid someone to develop for us to display cards on the stream while we're running. Um, and uh, I, I reached out to a website that had like this huge repository of cards that you couldn't download, or you could download one at a time. And I was like, can you just send me the whole thing? And they're like, sure. It's like 2,700 cards. <gasps> The, they're all numbered one through like thirteen thousand, uh, and it's very like the each set uh, has like a new identifying number. So it's like thirteen zero zero one, thirteen zero zero two, whatever. But they all need to be named the actual name of the card. And so I like fucking did some crazy Google searching and found a spreadsheet that like related the ID of the card to the name and other various things. Okay. And I wrote a little script. I don't know, this is causing you anxiety. This is what I want to tell I you. Know. I wrote a Python script that ran through the entire thing, did a computation to figure out what the name was, renamed the file, and moved it to a new directory. Oh, God. And I did that in two hours, which is way faster than renaming 2,700 files what their name should be. So you'll be able to, on the fly, quickly be able to type something in and it will pull up the correct card so the screen. typing isn't available yet but that is being added uh in the next version we're going to have a search feature because lord knows you are not going to look through 2700 cards uh that would just pull up the name i just type it in okay so is this something that they can pull up in twitch chat or is this something that is allows for easy pick easy visual on the screen or both second so a stream operator has this app running in a different program and it's connected to to OBS through a thing called WebSockets, and uh, <laughs> is you he still talking? Yeah, yeah. You hit you hit display or display permanently, and it'll go up for ten seconds or however long you set. Or you can display it permanently and then take it down whenever you want in case you're talking at length about something. God, this I have this feeling about once a week mm-hmm. on average, and it's the exact feeling I'm feeling at this moment. I love this. This is why I told him this. I think that's cool as fuck. <laughs> I need somebody in my life to do those things because <laughs> i cannot do them that's what i'm here for john yeah we uh yeah i know i know we we need to we need to create create the ultimate hobby uh megacorp <laughs> i like where this is going that we can do the things the fun things the awesome things the impactful things um, and we have other people do things that scare me. Not going to lie. I enjoyed writing that bit of code. 
I like to code when it's for something related to what I like. Yeah. I did it for home theater stuff. I made my Discord bot. I did that. I enjoy it. These little small tasks where it's like, this is going to take me 10 fucking hours to do. I'm going to speed it up. Um, and that's nice. Uh, okay. Back and, to this question. And, and to feel like you don't have to spend a, a, a large chunk of time because yeah. you know, that's our biggest resource right now when you run your own business. Yes. You are employee one of one. Yes. Like you, you just... You have to always be worried about the most important resource and are you doing the best version of you that you can based on the time that you have. Yeah. And so that's great. That That's exactly. If you did that in two hours, I couldn't have done it in 20 because how many little boxes I had to first right. fill before I could get there. Um, it is amazing how much you can Google search about software engineering. It is mm. the most searchable fucking thing in the world hmm. type in an incredibly specific scenario there's a fucking answer it's mm-hmm. incredible um but i want to turn this question a little bit on its head do you wish you had gone to school for a different thing to help you assist in your now career because i have an idea but i'm curious if you have ever thought about this yeah okay so you're saying uh i get into time machine yep. i go back to where i'm 18 years old yep go to school for whatever I want and the rest of the trajectory doesn't really change the day that I, you know, start making exactly. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, it would, it would definitely be something to do with, uh, video making, video editing, all that, like, Oh, seriously. Understanding okay. that stuff. Okay. Um, I, I really like, like I was in, I did a ton of like public speaking and all those kinds of classes in college. I like every elective that I took was Toastmasters. All, was, yes, I was high five. Toastmasters bros. I did that. I love that. I love, you know, acting and all that kind of stuff. So that I, I will do re- regardless. I don't feel like I, it's more of the things that I feel like are the chinks in my armor that I would rather have had more understanding with. Some coverage for. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Or, or maybe I don't go to school and I just like work at a games workshop store and I'm 18. <laughs> yeah. And I just have all this more knowledge and start painting. Right, yeah. And also like probably like sixty grand or whatever you pay for college. Yeah. Um, that's about right, actually. I kinda wanted to go to school for education. Mm. Like I would love to know how it is most effective to teach and educate people. Mm. You know? And like maybe you might say something about like how our education system isn't the most amazing right now, but I bet you would learn a couple of super helpful things. Like about how people learn. Mm-hmm. I don't really think about like, what's the best way to teach people? Is it visually? Is it audibly? Is it some other thing I'm not even thinking about? Like, how do you relate an idea to someone so they understand it effectively? There are world-class amazing teachers in most or all of our communities. Yeah. That that doesn't mean that the your, your whole school system is, you know, it is where it is. But there's there are amazing people. Uh, I'll tell you a quick story. When... When I first started working for the, my last organization, I was part of my role is I had to represent our company on an area math science partnership board. And that meant that a roughly 15 area school district superintendents were a part of that, as well as myself and as a, a leader from IBM, which is supercomputer organization mm-hmm. in, our, in our town as well. And so we were the corporate kind of connection to math and science, to these schools, particularly in the, the area of high schools, that were showing that um, by working together, and typically school districts don't really like to do that, that working together, we're helping us all kind of raise the water level. As part of that work, um, I wanted to learn more about who was doing stuff right. Like, who were the teachers? So I asked each superintendent, like, tell me two teachers in your buildings, in middle school and high school, who are 
all-stars. And they get kids to get it in math and science. And I went and I'd spent a day with each of these teachers. Nice. So over the course of like three or four months, um, it was about 30 teachers I spent a full day with. And that was, that's probably 10, 11 years ago that I did that. I learned so much about people that are really passionate about what they, they do and how they can translate that passion in a way that the student feels just a bit of that spark that makes them want to go. Yeah, that's an amazing experience that I would love to do. Yeah. And that's that's something that like and you probably could. Like actually you probably go be a guest speaker and stuff and and to talk to them. I I I have a couple of my neighbors are actually area school teachers that are freaking phenomenal. Um but there there is amazing amazing things and often what I find what I what I found across all of them cuz they were all different kinds of math, all different kinds of science, even tech, um you know, IT teachers and stuff that it didn't really matter what the technical lesson was that they were going through. But if the students felt the connection and the excitement and the desire of them to teach them about something that they were excited about, the students were engaged. And if they're engaged and then you keep them involved, it happened. There was, there was 30 different teachers. There was probably 30 different ways to go about teaching. There wasn't a right or wrong way to do it. But the, the continuum was, do you... People, even whether or not they can consciously understand it, people can tell if you are real or you are fake, or if you're excited about something. Yeah, yeah if okay. you really are excited about that, and if you're and if you're not, and the thing is, you don't always have to. You, sometimes just being truthful to the students was was just as impactful. I love physics. This part of physics, this is kind of dumb. I don't like this part of physics. Let's go through it and learn about it together and find out why I think it's dumb, and you can decide if you think it's dumb. Suddenly. You don't have to love that thing, but the kids are engaged and they're interested and they want to figure out, yeah, I mean, it is dumb. Why? And why did he why did he say gravity works like this? Why did he say that, teach? That's that's what the kids sound like. Yeah, yeah, that's your school kid voice. Yeah, yeah, dangerous minds. Yeah. I mean, that's I I just learned something right there. My energy levels will affect how people consume what I'm trying to teach. Mm-hmm. And, and each of us has our own different energy level style, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, like Bob Ross is a great example. Bob Ross is nothing like me from an energy level perspective. Right. But the, the control that he had over his energy level, it was just like a fine-tuned Mustang. Like that guy, he would just keep it in idle. And you were just like, I'm just cool sitting in this thing, <laughs> right? And that's, that's it's just amazing. Like you have to, that passion can come through, whether it's high energy, low energy, anywhere in between. But um, yeah. I don't know. I, I thought about too. Like I have a whole family. I'm from a whole family of teachers. Okay. I thought about that too. My parents didn't, or my parents, my dad didn't want me to be a teacher. Yeah. He's like, he's seen all the shit that my mom had to deal with in being a teacher and dealing with everything from government bullshit and all that kind of stuff. It's just, it's just like, you really are excited about a thing. You want to teach it. Find where you can go. You do and do it. But if the thing you really, really want to do is teach, then that doesn't apply. I mean, it, it, you can f- find other things that you do to teach, but, right, but, but we need amazing teachers in this world about more than anything. So, hmm. you know, sometimes sometimes you got to take one for the team. You got to be a teacher. So if you got to take te- one for the teach, dude. If you're a teacher, thank you. Thank you. You're doing sweet baby Jesus work, <laughs> holding the steering wheel. Corn, thank you for the, <laughs> the question. <laughs> Chris Lawyer has a question, or a lawyer. 
have either of you considered getting a painting commission from another artist or do you feel that since you can paint yourself there is no need very interesting question you got a, you got a something you've had painted by somebody else. i have two pieces well i guess if you can count the one that you painted for me my warrior i have three but i have one from ben comets what no i don't do you really i was I like have what? one from ben cantor two bks we have two BKs in the miniature community. Yeah, I just yeah, now yeah. realized it. Yeah, we can we call them the Whoppers, <laughs> <laughs> the Whopper Brothers. Yeah, uh, Ben Cantor came over to paint one of my models uh, for my Kickstarter, the Witch, and he brought a bust and he just gave it to me. And he was like, "I have too many," and it's taking up space. Now that's such a fucking Ben Cantor thing to yeah, say. He's such a minimalist. Uh, I love it. Good old Benjamin Cantor. Uh, and then I paid for uh, a Roman Lapot piece. Yeah. Uh, I'm all for it because people paint in different ways uh, and I will never be able to execute the exact way in which they paint. And also because I'm an appreciator of the hobby of miniature painting, I like to have a piece of history of that hobby, which is uh, by legendary painters such as Roman Lapot and other people that are similar to that. Yeah. I think if the question is, would I have something commissioned like an army commissioned or a war band commissioned by somebody else? I don't see the day where I would do that. I think part of the fun for me of the hobby is the the full circle and I would enjoy the game more, enjoy the whole process more if it's if this is my my baby. Um so I don't think I would do that. I mean, there may come a day where it's like, oh, for this reason it's really interesting, but well maybe I would, but I don't foresee that. But I'm just like you, like actually just recently, um, I was looking in my display cabinet and I have in there uh, a little dude that's painted by Sam, Sam Lenz. Mm that i randomly won on his twitch stream like he he used to do a thing where like once a month he would just give away one of the models he'd paint on his twitch stream and i was like and i won i was like oh shit and it made me really happy because it looks like sam painted it and i think as you expose yourself to miniature painters right then you'll find you'll 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 start to like really see the nuances and differences in everybody's style and and what makes their painting unique and what things that they do you see that's they t- tend to use these colors a lot or they have a certain way that they do textures a certain way that they highlight a certain way that you know they bring attention to different things um that you know it, it it's really cool to actually own i own a piece of you <laughs> right yeah like, it's like a little bit of their soul so yeah. you start collecting souls so yeah i i haven't like actively gone out and do that um but i want to like i want to nah, this is probably i shouldn't say this i want to buy roman lapat's giant zombie thing. as he proceeds to say it i oh, shouldn't yeah. say this i'll say it right now. <laughs> i want to buy his big zombie diorama with yeah. 400 miles on it yeah i want to buy that that's piece i want to own that yeah uh i'm probably scared how much it costs but I want that. I want. I want that. I want that. I want to own a Ben Comets piece so bad. I want to own a Dave Ceezy from Ostrizy piece so bad. <laughs> the other day was they're talking about Dave Colwell. If you don't know who Dave Colwell is, you better educate yourself. Educate yourself. Uh, and the other day was his birthday. Oh, nice. So on, on Facebook, I said, "Happy birthday, Dave Ceezy from Ostrizy." And your spine's like, oh no, I hope that doesn't catch on or something like that. And I'm like, too late. Dave, you can't say that. Now I want it going to. to. Now, now we want to. So yeah, there's then and there's, you know, there's a handful of, of others, obviously. Michael Pasarsky and Sergio Calvo and uh uh Ben Ben Cantor. You can fucking give me a piece, you piece of shit. <laughs> uh, I don't think I want anything by Vince Vincerella. 
Actually, next time I'm in his house, I'm just going to take some. Just take some. He's got enough. Yeah, he wouldn't even notice it's missing. <laughs> I'm going to take his golden demon. Uh, He's got the whole unit that he won a golden demon with. Yeah, take I'm just gonna trophy. Take, I'm just going to take one of them. Oh, fuck it, man. <laughs> uh, sorry, Vince. In advance. Uh, Yeah, it's just cool. It's cool to have all that stuff. Man, if you had all that, you'd have a little museum. I know. I, I, like, I like the idea of it just be like, oh, these famous people, blah, blah, blah. If you have people that like you do game with and you paint with or whatever that you hang out with that you do the hobby with... What if y'all the little exchange? You exchange. Y'all paint something for each other, and then you have a piece of their soul too. Yeah, yeah. And you just, you have your your catalog of soul, and you can drink of their soul. Yeah, I mean, don't actually upon eat the, the model. Yeah. No, don't do that. Yeah, but like turn that upside down and just lick the bottom of the base yeah. a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get the little soul juices, like maybe a little bit of that finger juice that they had going on. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, also. Um, I think people do that around Christmas called, uh, you know, a little bit of, what are that? What do they do? A mini exchange? Mini exchange where they paint Secret something Santa. for someone else. Secret Santa, that's what it is. That's the term. Uh, I would, uh, if my like idea for gaming and live streaming pans out the way I think it is going to, we're going to be playing a lot of different games and I might fucking commission paint like a war band for some game because I don't have time to paint it. Mm. And I get shit upon a lot for having unpainted models on stream. Yeah, you are the recipient of many shits. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that's our commission painting stories. Oh, that's a good question. That's a good question. It's a good question, uh, Chris Lawyer. Thank you. Last question from Kyle Bragg. You want to read it? Yeah. What would you rather have? More people playing miniature war games or more people painting to a higher quality? Assume they are mutually exclusive. What's best for the world? I think more people playing the miniature board games is the, is the better. I feel like it if I'm is looking at it objectively, just because of like a community getting out and talking with people kind of thing. Is that it, why you're saying that? Um, I'm saying that because that is a direct, it directly impacts it economically better, more. Oh, okay. Um, Wait, is that true? Because the GW makes most of the money for people paying models. Yeah, well, here's the thing. When you say more people playing the game, this is a really big asterisk here. More people buying the stuff to play the game or more people actually playing the game because those are two very different things because most of us would consider ourselves a gamer of an XYZ game and if you ask them how many games have you played in the last year or two years or whatever it's not very many Speak how many yourself, games bro. yeah how many games you have to play to be considered an active player or whatever yeah i think let's let's forget the money thing entirely and just assume that they are going to play or they are going to paint sure um more painting at a higher level yeah, I don't. I'm not worried about that. I don't think there's necessarily anything differently benefiting from painting at a higher level. I want more people to paint at a higher level because that means there's more people actively painting. Because that's really all it takes is you paint more, paint consistently. You will paint at a higher level. If that means that more people are actively painting, that's a cool thing. I think so. But what typically drives more cool minis to come out, more paint ranges to come out, more tchotchkes, more all those kinds of shit. Um, a lot of it's driven by the the gaming side, right? Because if I'm a painter and I can buy two models that'll last me a month, if I'm a gamer, <laughs> my army's got 70 models. <laughs> okay, yeah. Like just true. strictly like... Less wasteful almost. Yeah, and it's um, from a gaming perspective, like... 
we get to get so much cool thing. I mean, maybe not. Maybe there's all. I think that there's a lot of advancement in the variety of different kinds of things that we can get in this hobby that are more from the hobby side. We look at more companies that do bus, do larger scale models, more of these companies doing 3D printing Patreons and stuff. That's like they're for a game, but also a lot of it is more hobby focused than the nuts. I don't even know the answer to this question. I don't think this is a right or wrong answer. Um, some maybe some benefits to having more display painters could be that um, we're discovering innovations in painting, uh, not only in technique, but also in like style. Uh, so like obviously traditional art went through phases. Maybe mini painting can go through phases. If people are painting more display models, maybe they're getting better at painting. Maybe we're seeing better YouTube content because of that. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I, I that's a good yeah. Touch on something really good there. Okay. I touched the, it. You touch it good. I didn't yank it though. Um, the more people. This is not more people painting. If that was an option, that's what I picked. That's what it's... More people painting display More model? people painting at a higher quality. At a higher quality. I want more people painting. Can you end the sentence right there? Um, I think if more people were painting at a higher level, that would mean more people would listen to the Trapped Under Plastic podcast. Hey, there you fucking go. Okay, there's our answer. Yeah. That's what I think. All right. Question done. Easy question. Obviously, we want more listeners. So... You almost got us, Kyle. Kyle Bragg, how dare you? <laughs> uh, actual answer, though, um, I feel like just because at, in my heart I'm a painter, I'm going to say more people painting to a higher quality, more people to have nitty-gritty chats with about like the specifics of like how to do eyeshadow on a model. It's like, who the fuck talks about that? No one does. Um, Nobody. Not even me and John. Mm-mm. Uh well, okay, anyways, but yeah, you know what I mean. More people in my wheelhouse to have those types of conversations with. Okay. Okay. You can, you can talk to him about anything you want. Anything you want. You want to talk to him about Velociraptors? No. And charcuteries? Ain't gonna do that. <laughs> All right, that's it for our little charcuterie. <laughs> of questions thank you kyle brad chris lawyer Cornel douglas and sean mccormick for your questions we appreciate it if you want to submit questions for us to answer on the podcast you can do so by becoming a five dollar patron link below and in the show notes for our audio listeners mm. that's one of the many benefits of being a goody peepee or no, not not a goody people you're all goody peepees for being a sprudence bruette mm. all right out of the news uh, all right we got some news today we got some news. We got a fair amount of news, and I'm just fiddling with whatever's on your desk right you now. You love fiddling. I love the fids. GW is raising their prices yet again. <sighs> Unless you're in Australia, New Zealand, Japan, or China. Nice. Uh, I think it's like a five. Most they, they had an article trying to stay ahead of it. Uh, most of their stuff's a five percent increase in price. A number of things were were not increased at all, including paints, brushes kind of hobby side things certain things were a little bit more like metal models and resin shit um i don't want to get deep into this oh he wants to get deep into because it. there's there's so much i mean obviously if this is going to come out people are like oh you can't why are you taking my money why you can't all these they're just they're just rich and they they're greedy and whatever okay 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 um this is what happens. It's called inflation. Okay. This, this is what happens. Things get more expensive over time. So that's the way the world works. Because we print money <laughs> right. that we don't have value to represent. Right. And so inflation occur- occurs because we're stupid. Okay. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's all very true. 
Um, and it's a company that's publicly traded and has shareholders and has a board of directors. And those are the people that make the decisions. That's capitalism. Okay. That's the world that we live in, like it or not. It's got a lot of great things that come from it. The fact that we can play this game, any game, buy minis, buy brushes, all these different companies make paints now. That's because of capitalism. He said he didn't want to get deep, but now he's deep. getting deep. Okay. <laughs> did you, okay. Wait, hold on. Did you just make a claim that the hobby of miniature painting exists because of capitalism? Yes. Okay. Yes. I don't know enough about it to know if that's true or false, but I feel like <laughs> people are going to get angry at you. Yeah. <laughs> they could get. They could. They could get angry. That's okay. <laughs> um, because you have the ability to go out and try to start a business and try to make a profit on a thing where you see a niche that needs to be filled. And from one side, it sucks that the price is going up. Have you been to the grocery store lately? Check what the price of produce is. Shit's going up. Everything's going up. Um, what, what we need to consider here is that if the price of it's going up is going to the right place. I don't like this if it goes up 5%. And the games workshop staff are not getting a, a salary increase this year. They should get at least 5% salary increase this year, period. End of story. If they're not getting that, I'm not talking about a, a bonus, an annual bonus of 5000 or whatever the fuck they, that GW said. They should be getting a increase in their salary of at least 5% a year. Ideally, based on how well this company is doing, it should be 7 to 12%. But... If GW is not increasing the salary of their staff, and then this is what's happening with the prices going up, I'm not cool with that. Yes, there's a lot of things that are cost more money. So that goes for each and every one of us too, by the way. If you work at a job and they do not give you a salary increase annually, you need to find a different job because everything we buy is continually going up in price. So if you are not continually raising your salary, you're, you're making yourself more poor. And that's not cool. So take, it's not cool. Take it, you know, take control of your life and say, I can sit and bitch about it. I can sit and bitch about GW prices. I can sit and bitch about the cost of rent. It's okay to acknowledge that. But then say, what am I going to do about it? You have control of your own life. Do it. Take action. Do it. That's all I gotta say about that. Wow. Very motivational. Quit complaining. I'm not saying quit complaining. No, I like to I complain know. and call a spade a spade and call bullshit for GW does as much as anybody. All right. You should know that by listening to this podcast. <laughs> but I also a realist and I understand the real world and I'm just complaining. It's not fair that this is this way. Well, guess what? That's reality. It is this way. What are you going to do about it? Don't buy their shit if you don't like it. That's a way to do it. Okay. Okay. Don't make, think... vi don't make videos about their products boycott them yeah if that's what you want to do no i'm not telling you to do that i wouldn't say do that i'm uh, not going to do that but no, i'm just saying i'm not going to do that either there's been several points in the in in history where gw has raised their prices and this doesn't account for everything on their website i believe they mentioned starter sets aren't included in yeah you're like right that, start collecting starter sets which is very nice uh they mentioned a lot of things like resin and old models and things like that mm -hmm. and it's kind of like okay well it's not really hurting a lot of people um anyways that's one news item. Second news item, I think Hobby Sensei on Instagram's name is Seth Omsden. Yep. Seth Omsden had someone break into his car and steal out his Golden Demon entry. 
He, I think he had one of those nice cases like yeah. we have. Just table war is that? Uh, what it is? I, I don't know if his was exactly table war brand, but they look pretty swanky. And I, you see him like sitting in someone's front seat. You can't see what's inside of it. It's right. got a nice big fancy swanky case. Busted out his window, took it, dude. It, yeah, that would fucking kill me. That would kill me. That, I cannot believe that. That is that is beyond sucky and yeah. i know he spent a ton of time he wasn't done with it but he spent a ton of time in it and i feel for the man like when i saw that he posted that i was like oh my god oh my god that's like almost one of those situations where it's like dude i don't care if you stole it you can keep the case just give me the fucking model back please yeah like oh my god it doesn't mean anything to you you literally can't sell it yeah it's a work in progress model like come on that's so fucking brutal yeah so you follow Hobby Sense on Instagram. Go send him some love in the comment section. Go comment on some of his older posts. You know, be nice yeah. to him because that that fucking blows. It's never happened to me. And if it did happen to me, I like I don't know. I wouldn't want to go to Adepticon. I feel like I wouldn't want to go. I'd be like fucking hey, dude. This he's just gonna go and just get ripped every day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's yeah, be yeah, like, yeah, 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 dude. That blows. Um, yeah, or or if you're one of our uh, goody peepees that is aware of. Uh, uh, the underground criminal activity in the area. I think he's in Colorado. Um, maybe you can f- you can find some jerk that stole it, and you can <laughs> exact find it. Vigilanteism on them. Get the case. Do a little smash and grab. A little Batman. Yeah, a little Indiana Jones. Replace the mini with yeah, a bag of sand. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah Run yeah, out of there, yeah, and the fucking stone comes down. And you're like, yeah. shit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna get squashed. And the stone in this is just like a pit bull is running down the hallway <laughs> after you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Next item. Dude selling GW paint to order in drop. Oh yeah. What is this? Okay, so this is an eBay listing. It's someone posted, I think it was on uh, the Tractor Plastic Facebook group. Join if you want to have weird shit like this talked about. And okay, you go to the listing on on eBay and <laughs> he sells. Any GW paint, and then he puts it in a bottle for you, a dropper bottle, and then he sends it to you. You just pick whatever Games Workshop paint, and he does it to order. He doesn't have these made. He physically goes to the store and buys them, and he puts it in a dropper bottle. What, is he, what does he charge? It's like 70 cents more. It's some stupidly low do- amount. I'll be like, bitch, there is no way I'm I'm transferring paint for 70 cents a pop. No way. No way. I was like, I'm what curious what his fuck? method is. Is he add a flow improver to make it come you, out easier? You, you got to add something. I mean, they're so thick. Yeah, certain certain ones especially, but even even the ones that aren't. If you don't do that, like you leave the thicker ones, like you leave like 15 percent of the paint in there because it's it's on the walls and stuff and scraping yeah, it all yeah, off, yeah, whatever, yeah. blah blah. And it's just like I'm thinking about how much time it takes for each one of these. I put in, I put in a little bit. I try to put as minimal as possible amount of flow improver because I, I want it to be thicker if I, right. as I can. Um, but certain ones, especially certain pigments and stuff, they just don't want to come out. So I thought that was hilarious. Like, that is hilarious. Good on you, man. Yeah. There's the demand, right? Yeah, I guess there's a demand. Honestly, when I saw that, it was like that much cheaper. I'm like, honestly, I might buy from him because I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to do it myself because you know, I've done so many. If I'm buying one or two colors, it kind of feels worth it to me. Yeah. If I was doing a I, whole yeah, set. Yeah, if you're doing a couple, like, yeah, who cares? 70 cents more, that's nothing. Mm-hmm. This is really cool. I didn't know this was a thing. You put it in here. Banksy Miniature sells for a million bucks. I didn't even know Banksy made a miniature, but he did. It's a little diorama. It's just like a little uh, straw-thatched cottage. <laughs> that's rough cottages! That's rough cottages! <laughs> 
<laughs> with it, and then like there's a little peasant. There's like a little peasant or something in there. Something. A little peasant girl, a little horse inside the stable, thatched roof stable, with graffiti on the outside. Yeah, with like modern day tagged with red spray paint on the side. Banksy, of the go bigger, go home. Yeah, doesn't look too bad. Pretty good job, Banksy. That is. No, it's not very good. <laughs> it's not. It isn't. It's that not bad. that. It's not, I mean, it's not like. Hey, look, I'll go to PP Nation. Click on that link. I, I'll put dollars to donuts. Everyone that's listening to this podcast can could paint that. I mean, it doesn't look that bad. It doesn't work. Look a million dollars, good. Well, no, no shit. It's not so, a million dollars worth in terms of a miniature. No, it's 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 a reminder to me of value is perceived. Yeah. If you made that in a video on making that, let's say that in we live in a universe where that doesn't exist. Yeah. You make that exact diorama as a mm, statement piece or bullshit. There's no fucking statement in there, whatever. But let's just say there's a statement there. Um that I mean not saying that Banksy doesn't have stuff that does have political and economical statements. It does. But that one, I don't see it. And uh, and you make that you try to sell it on eBay or something. Like it, it I don't get it. I mean, I get it. It's it's like it's like grabbing at he he's such a like a like a cloaked figure. Yeah, of, yeah. Of, very mysterious. Of like, oh, it's perceived as so brilliant and revolutionary and everything he does. Yeah, at this point, he's like, oh, how how am I gonna print money today? Oh, you think you think that's the kind of person he is? Because I disagree wholeheartedly. Because I think there is this video. And you why did, why did he sell it? Why did he sell it? Yeah. Well, I don't. I mean, like he doesn't make. That many pieces, as far as I'm aware. I don't, I don't know. He also does anonymous graffiti, which you yeah. make no money on. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but there was... Money. Oh. oh, I mean, yeah, people pay you as like a commission, sure. Yeah. But there was this one piece at auction that I think was on canvas that he sold for however many dollars. <laughs> the paper you shredder? saw that? Yeah. The paper shredder? And so like... Well, I guess he still made his money on that because the auction house still had to buy it or something like yeah. that. Well, once the auction, it, it did not shred it until the auction is finalized. Right. So to explain this, Banksy made an elaborate picture frame that had a paper shredder built into it that he could remotely trigger. Yeah. And he watched the auction when the piece was being sold. And as soon as it sold, he hit the button and the whole piece went through the paper shredder at the bottom of the frame and just destroyed the whole piece. Yeah. Now um, though, it's worth more. Some people, yeah, some people <laughs> were saying it's going to be worth more because of that. But yeah, I don't think he's the kind of person that's no, just like printing I, out. I don't. I I I, a ton of money. I retract this statement. I, yeah, I don't think he better. is. I don't think he is. I also, but anyway. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's not a million art. dollar miniature. I mean, like in terms of like the paint quality, but like he's not a miniature painter, and you know, it's cool. I like it. But you're right. Value is totally perceived. Yeah. Um. So that maybe was someday that Dutch you painted? Is yeah, for a right. million dollars. Yeah, I fucking wish. Um, the last news item I don't want to put in there, but I want to replace it with one that I thought was kind of funny. Um, and just to give this guy a little bit of a, a little bit of uh, direction, direction, traffic. Um, I painted a model in a video um, on a commission. It was the second to last commission I ever had to do. It was Orion. And you know what I'm about to talk about. Oh, yeah. snap. Um, I kind of was on the fence about, should I talk about this or not talk about this? But because it isn't an auction, I feel okay talking about it. Yeah, that changes a lot to me. It does, yeah. Um, anyways, I painted Orion for this guy on a nice 60 mil plinth with both the wolves. I did a tree and all that stuff. Um, and he's selling it. 
Um, he needs some of the money and he's selling it on eBay. He didn't tell me about it, but like he has like pictures of our discord DM, like in the eBay listing to prove that it was painted by me and shit like that. Um, and it, it, I don't know. It's kind of interesting. I, I painted a model, gave it to someone else and they're, they're selling it. Yeah. When you first shared this, I was like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. First was my first question is, did he talk to you about it beforehand? No. And you don't even like, you don't, he, you he, don't have to ask your permission. He doesn't have to ask your permission. No, he You're doesn't like, need hey, to. Hey, hey, just a heads up. Him tough times or whatever, uh, buyer's remorse, whatever, whatever. Sure, 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 sure. sure. Uh, I, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sell it. Like that's just the kind of thing to do. I buyer's think. remorse, you <laughs> asshole. <laughs> okay, but that that that's what I think. Maybe that would have been the kind thing to do. But he's actually he has, so he has it on eBay. And you're like, I'm like, oh no, and I go out there and check it. Oh, it's it's only a set price. Yeah, so not he's not trying to gouge like he's making a profit off the fact that it's your name. You did a whole video on this thing. It's it's well known piece. It's the only one there'll ever be, ever, ever, ever. Right. And he's it's trying to dollars. He, he's trying to make money off of this. He's not trying. He's to. not trying to make. Yeah, money. yeah. And for the record, if you're listening to this podcast, dude, can't remember your name. I'm fine with it. I'm not like bent out of shape at all. Um. So that yeah. is funny news. And, and I I ended up, like, when you first talked, I was like, what the fuck? And then within, like, five minutes, I was like, yeah, you know, that's cool. That's yeah, yeah. Cool. Ben, ben was like, this is great for you, Scott. Ben Cantor, he was <laughs> like, but then we realized it wasn't an auction. Honestly, if it was an auction, dude, I'd be checking that thing every single day. Because it's, like <laughs> it's like, basically, it's like, what am I worth? What is my value in dollar form, you know? Mm. And that would have potentially ruined me <laughs> I, I can i can tell you what squidmar's value is in dollars oh hell yeah dude he's thirty five thousand dollars he's a rich boy whatever that metal thunderhawk is yeah he's that's how much he's worth that's, that's a lot of fucking money yeah, i would would not go for that much i'm telling you right now <laughs> <laughs> look hear me out i know you paid thirty five thousand dollars for a thunderhawk but oh what would else? you pay seven hundred thousand dollars <laughs> For this fine cast, <laughs> Primary Spring, <laughs> slightly limited edition. <laughs> it's a it's a limited edition Primaris Captain. There's only seven million in existence. <laughs> They're on EV for like thirty bucks a pop. Yeah, <laughs> but this one I painted with an airbrush. <laughs> <laughs> the color red <laughs> was used. <laughs> Welcome to the end of the podcast. We're happy that you stuck around all the way to the end. It means so much to us. There's literally. Several, literally. There are several ways you can support the podcast. Uh, you can buy our merch, which neither of us are wearing at the moment. Nope. <laughs> we sell it through Teespring. Uh, link down in the show notes and in the description if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, you can also support our podcast through Patreon. For five bucks, you get access to an extended episode where we chat about models from other painters that we like. We give feedback to one of our audience members, which allows words, uh, <laughs> which as a patron, you're allowed to submit models uh, for us to critique, but you also can submit topics for us to discuss. Four questions today came from patrons. Um, and for a buck a month, you don't get anything, but you can, <laughs> you can just give us a buck a month if you want to. You give me this. Yeah, you give John that. Yeah. Which makes him act like he did today. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the dollar. <laughs> uh, non, or sorry, non-expensive ways, free ways to support the podcast. You can uh, watch ads on our videos. We will uh, play an ad every thirty minutes. If you whitelist our channels with uh, a various browser add-on, you can watch ads from us. You can tell your nerd friends about our podcast so they can listen too. You can also give us a review wherever you listen to. 
podcasts. That's a good one. I think we haven't been saying that one lately. Yeah, give us a little review. A little, only five stars, please. Right. Please. <laughs> if you're mad, just stay away. Stay away. Just stay back. This has been fun. We had a good day. Neither of us had any food in our tummies. Scott's not going to have more food because he is in timeout. But <laughs> I'm going to go across the street to the Kentucky Fried Chicken, bitches. <laughs> so I hope y'all get those fries. What, what fries? They got, fries? New, they got new fries. Chicken fried fries. I think there's normal fries, but they're not normal. They're great. Oh, I'm going to get those. They're flavored. Let me take a picture. Weird. Let me take a picture where I have two of them up my nose. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to do that. We'll put, put that podcast right now. <laughs> you better fucking do it. Shit. <laughs> okay. I, my nose is kind of boogery lately, though. <laughs> not, not my problem. <laughs> all right. You guys all have a wonderful rest of your day, night, evening, week month whatever it is and we'll catch you on the